0: Welcome to the Marriage on Fire podcast, the show for couples that shares research-based relationship insights, advice, and strategies for creating and sustaining a happy and fulfilling marriage, where we look at the stuff that truly makes the relationship and how to live a good life. And here's your host, husband and dad and relationship coach, Gideon Hanikon, creator of the popular New Zealand-based blog, therelationshipguy.com. Lots of beautiful people, this is Gideon and welcome back to episode number 15 here on Marriage on Fire. So this week we have an interesting topic, yet again, I call it nine essential questions that facilitate self-growth. So this week we're going to focus on you as an individual. I'm going to still talk about it within the context of your marriage, within the context of a love relationship, but the emphasis is going to be you. I want you to, in a sense, hold up a mirror this week and ask yourself some real hard, tough questions. Some of them might feel, you know, make you cause uh, or cause you to feel quite uncomfortable, but I think all these questions are designed to help you facilitate self-growth, help us develop as individuals. Now, the first question of course is, well, why do we want to do this? Why do we need to focus on self-growth? I personally believe that the, the results in our lives are in a sense a reflection of our own level of growth and our ability to respond to our current situation and also to change our current result or our current life, we need to ultimately understand that it's influenced or determined by our own level of self-growth. And so if we want to change our situation or an area within our lives, we need to ultimately change ourselves. We need to grow as individuals. We need to start seeing things differently. We need to adopt new habits, maybe get rid of certain other habits and ultimate, you know, to ultimately create a better result within our lives. You cannot continue or perpetuate the same stuff hoping to get a different result because that's just now not how it works. And kind of very typical of the Stoic philosophers, we need to understand that in order to change our situation, we need to take responsibility for ourselves. There is no point in focusing on what happened in the past or worrying about the future or blaming, you know, someone else or putting the the sort of emphasis or responsibility on something or someone else outside of our control, hoping that those things will change our situation. We need to start with ourselves and take control of what we can control and ultimately to ultimately create a better result. And the first and the best place to start with is ourselves. We need to take responsibility for ourselves. Now we're gonna go through these nine essential questions that facilitate self growth. I think they're all important but I also think that it would be perhaps too much to try and focus on all of them. So my simple challenge to you this week is going to be to focus on one or two of these questions that really resonate with you, that you really respond to well and take those one or two questions and uh, you know use it as sort of a, let's call it a guide to start creating a bit of a you know set of action steps from that in order to apply those in your life to hopefully change your situation. Now, also, it's important to understand that, you know, these questions are, in a sense, all in relation to the result that you actually want. You can essentially use these nine questions in any area of your life, and each answer is gonna differ, or, you know, be be different depending on the the context, depending on the situation, depending on the result that you want. Our focus is going to be relationships, it's gonna be marriage. And so, ultimately, what I have in the back of my mind is these questions in relation to your marriage. So if you want to apply it to your business, if you want to apply this to a different area of your life, go ahead, you can do that, it's fine, but just understand where I'm coming from. I'm gonna sort of constantly bring it back to to the context of marriage. So hopefully that'll serve you. So get a pen and paper and be ready, and we will crack into these nine questions, and hopefully I can help you this week to start facilitating some self-growth. So here we go. Question number one, what is the most important skill I am lacking so the first important question I want you to ask yourself a question that is designed to help you start creating self-growth is the question of what is the most important skill I am lacking and so in the context of a marriage what that would look like is for you to think about the type of marriage or relationship that you would like to create once you have a clear idea of what it is that you would like to create I want you to then ask yourself this question well in, in in relation to this result that I want what is the most important skill that I'm actually lacking that's in a sense going to prevent me from obtaining that particular result within my love life or within my marriage you have to understand that you know that the old saying that you know you're only as strong as your weakest link kind of applies in this situation if I have a certain idea in my mind a certain result that I kind of envision I want to create but I have a skill that is important, or there is a skill that's important to obtain that result, but I lack that skill, that's gonna be a problem. So the first question to start facilitating self-growth is for you to get clear on the result that you want within your marriage, and then go and ask yourself, well, what is the skill, a most important skill that is required to ultimately obtain that, but I am lacking that skill? Once you know what it is that you're lacking, then you can actually go to task on that. You can then approach that and say, okay, what do I need to do here? Do I need to learn this skill? Do I need to maybe perhaps change the result that I want? Do I need to get help? Do I need to get support? Do I need to talk to my partner about this? Do I need to get a mentor, a coach, a counselor? What is it that I require or need to ultimately obtain this skill or to get around this skill um, if I'm lacking this? So a very important and a very, very powerful question to start this you know, know, set of nine questions with today is, what is the most important skill that I'm lacking in this area of my life that is required to obtain the result that I want? The second question that I want you to consider is, how do I get in my own way? This is again a very, I think, important question because as people we sometimes just sabotage, you know, kind of our own efforts. It's like we might have the right intentions to create a, a good result in our lives, but then, you know, you know, once we sort of get going, it doesn't take very long for us to start doing things that in a sense counteract that. in a sense sabotage our own, you know, sort of good results that we're creating. So a question I want you to consider in the context of your marriage is maybe you have the intention to be more loving, to be more kind, to be more, you know, tending tending to your, to your spouse's needs and wants and, and desires and stuff. Maybe you have all the right intentions in the world But the moment you do it for a couple of days, or maybe you set out to do it for a couple of days, you kind of find yourself sabotaging yourself. So I want you to ask yourself, how do you or how do I actually get in my own way? How do I get in my own way? Once I have clarity on the result that I want, how do I get in my own way of actually creating and obtaining that result? What am I doing? What am I not doing that's actually sabotaging my own results? Again, once you have clarity on that, you can actually come up with a plan to actually deal with that but you have to ask the question first and get some clarity on how or in what way are you actually getting in your own way? Nobody else, nobody else to blame or nobody else or nothing else to complain about. How are you getting in your own way? A very important question to ask yourself. Question number three that I want you to consider this week that will help you facilitate self-growth in your situation is, if I could go back in time, what advice would I give my younger self? There is a saying in the English language that hindsight is perfect sight, and I think there is a lot of truth to this. Oftentimes when we look back over our lives, we look back over our situations, we look back into history, we kind of you know see moments, we identify times when you know we probably could have uh, decided you know could have made different decisions and could have decided different things with the possibility of actually creating different outcomes. Now, of course, life isn't binary in that sense. Life is more gray. It's not either or. It's not to say that I, if I were to make a different decision 10 years ago, I would have ended up in a better situation because many other things, there are too many variables. Many other things could have happened. But if you could go back in time, let's say to the start of your marriage, what advice would you give your younger self? If you look at the results that you're creating in your life right now, or the results that you have in your marriage, love life right now, if you could go back to the start of your marriage when everything was sort of still good, but, you know, kind of, I'm just assuming here, but things were still very good, you know, you were still in the honeymoon phase and everything was very romantic and it was sort of, you know, butterflies and unicorns all over the place. If you were, if you could go back to that time, what advice would you give your younger self back then to, in a sense, maybe keep creating, you know, to to kind of, you know, have had more success or to to create more success moving forward so that your younger self wouldn't add up, end up in the same same situation as you're now i think this is very powerful it's a good exercise to do because oftentimes when we look back and we think of our situation from a different perspective that oftentimes gives us more insight and oftentimes it gives us insight into our current situation and by us kind of stepping outside of ourselves thinking of how are you you know, how would I advise someone else or how would I advise my younger self, you actually then obtain or you identify certain insights that are quite, or could be quite helpful in your situation right now that you can actually turn into action steps for yourself in the present. So third question is, if you could go back in time, if I could go back in time, what advice would I give my younger self? Very important, very powerful question. Question number four, to help you facilitate self-growth in this week, is what are my greatest strengths? Now, we talked about weaknesses before, but ultimately, you know, strengths are really the thing that we all tap into to create the results that we want. Strengths are oftentimes the things that we tap into quite automatically. So even though our weaknesses might hold us back, it is really our strengths that, at the end of the day, determine how high we actually go, you know, when we really apply ourselves. So in a sense, you know, we can see weaknesses as a, it's almost like, you know, if you had to use the analogy of a boat, you know, weaknesses are kind of like an anchor, can sort of hold us back, but our, our strings are really like the engine, it's like the motor. And the stronger our motor is, and the more developed it is, the faster we can go. So if we can tend to the anchor, if we can pull up the anchor, and we can actually maximize our motor and the engine, we can actually go really fast and we can go places. So the question I want you to consider is, what are your greatest strengths? Ask yourself, what are my greatest strengths? And then, am I actually tapping into these strengths, you know, and if you don't know what they are, just ask your friends and family. Oftentimes they have more insight into you than we have in ourselves, so just ask them if you're really struggling with what your strengths are. Just go, send a couple of friends a text right now, I used to do, I actually did this exercise way back when I worked with uh, a bunch of real estate agents and I said, to them to text you know, ten people that know them very well and say can you just maybe help me out I'm busy with this project um, of you know self discovery or whatever you want to call it and um, could you maybe tell me what is sort of a superpower that you see in me or what is a strength that you admire in me or maybe you know see in me and uh, and you'd be quite surprised with you know what comes what comes back but it's important for you to at least ask yourself the question what are my greatest strengths. Once you know what your strengths are, you can actually start coming up with a plan to maximize those strengths and really tap into them. Remember, it is our strengths that determine how fast we go, how far we go, and how high we go. So you wanna identify them as well. Question number five to help you facilitate self-growth this week is, what am I able to control in my life? Now, this is a very typical stoic kind of, you know, approach to things. But the Stoic um, philosophers typically, you know, or they taught way back that, you know, it is futile to focus on the things that we don't control. It is just absolutely pointless to focus on things that are outside of our control. In fact, doing that is the fastest way to reach disappointment. If you really want to take control of your life, if you really want to change things in your life, you've got to start by focusing on the things that you actually do control and then actually go to task on those things. So the fifth question I want you to ask yourself within your life, within the context of marriage specifically is what am I actually able to control in my marriage? Now, you don't control your spouse. You don't control how they react. You don't control their habits. You don't control good or bad habits. You don't control their attitude, their mindset, none of those things, but you do control your yourself. You do control your mindset. You do control your attitude, your actions, your behaviors, your habits. You do control those things. So by worrying and focusing on what your partner is or is not doing is a futile exercise. In fact, it's the fastest way, as I said before, to become disappointed and also frustrated. But if you can simply identify, start by identifying the things that you actually control and actually go to task on those things, actually focus on those things that you actually do have influence over, you can actually start creating results that you want within your marriage or within your life. But you have to start by identifying first and foremost the things that you actually control in your life by asking this very simple question of what am i able to control in my life once you know what those things are you can actually then come up again with a plan some action steps that you can go to task on and actually start applying those within your life to hopefully create a better result question number six uh, of uh, questions to facilitate self-growth is how do I want to be thought of at the end of my life? How do I want to be thought of at the end of my life? Now, this is a sort of a, a question of legacy, um, I suppose, and, and this is perhaps a question that is more important for people who are maybe at a later stage of their life. But the reality is, this question does become important at some point for all of us. And so it's a good question to ask yourself right now. You know, how do you want to be thought of at the end of your life? But then a second question that is kind of, you know, supportive of the first question is, Are you actually or am I actually living in such a manner to support that vision I have? So if I have this idea that I want to be thought of as a kind person, as a happy person, as a as a a strong person, as a person who was loving, you know, if that is how I want to be thought of at the end of my life by those who, you know, that matter to me, those that I love then I also need to ask myself, well am I actually living in a way right now that's actually facilitating or in a sense supporting that vision that I have for the end of my life? Now the power in this question is not so much about caring what people are gonna think of you at the end of your life, this is more about reflecting on how you're currently living in relation to or in context to the sort of end goal that you have for yourself or this vision that you have for yourself because the reality is if i want to be seen in a certain way or if i want to obtain a certain goal i have to put certain things in place i can't sort of you know have this vision that i want i want people to think of me at the end of my life that i was a really loving person but i live right now every single day as a very unloving person that would be a there would be a dissonance there is an inc- incongruence there and so ultimately if i want to change that within my life i need to have the vision first and then have the second question and you know, have some real honest, soul-searching, self-reflection going, am I actually living in a way that's gonna actually make that vision remotely possible? And if it's not, then of course I'm gonna, have to, I'm gonna have to change that. Question number seven, we're almost at the end of these nine essential questions to facilitate self-growth. Question number seven is, if I could accomplish one great thing in my life, what would it be? Now what this really does It helps you come up with a list of realistic steps that you can actually start to take, you know, things that you can start doing in your life to actually start moving towards this goal that you have in your life. Working with a lot of people have sort of taught me that a lot of people are very clear on the things that they don't want in life. But very few of us are actually very clear on the things that we do want in life. The only way that you're going to start creating the results that you want in your life or any area of your life is to one, get clarity on what that is. Once you have clarity, you then need to come up with action steps to actually make that remotely possible. You have to come up with realistic steps that you can start taking towards that goal. So again, if you want to create a more loving marriage, if that is, you're clear on that, that's what you want to create, well then you need to, you know, once you have clarity, you need to start coming up with realistic steps of actually making that a a, a possibility. You can't just dream about it, you actually need to do something about it. So you've got to trade in your dreams for actions at some point or another. You can't overdream, at some point you need to start doing. So question number seven helps you do that. If I could accomplish one great thing in my life, or if I could accomplish one great thing in my marriage, what would that be? You have to ask this question to get clarity before you can actually start designing or determining the action steps, the realistic steps that um, are required to obtain this. So ask yourself this question as well, if you're serious about creating that result that you want. Question number eight is, what is the biggest limit I've imposed upon myself? What is the biggest limit I've imposed upon myself? Oftentimes, People just, you know, we, we kind of go through life with these sort of imposed belief systems, or, you know, we've got where we have this sort of outdated software within our minds, if you if just use the analogy of a computer is that we have this outdated software in our minds and we're trying to create new results, we're trying to perform at a higher level, we're trying to create a better situation, but the software that's still running our minds is outdated. It is something that's based on something of a previous season in our lives or a different different time in our lives and we haven't moved on from that. Sometimes we even run the software that's been imposed upon us by other people. You know, maybe caretakers, maybe a religious system that you grew up in, maybe a school system, you know, teachers, people that you looked up to, they had a certain model of the world and, you know, sort of unbeknown to you, you kind of, you know, adopted that within yourself and that sort of shaped the way that you see the world as well, but the problem is it's not helping you get any closer to the result that you want. The only way you can do, you, you, you'll be able to do that, however, Is when you actually start identifying these sort of big limits that we or you have imposed upon yourself um, or we've imposed upon ourselves and discard them, you know, throw them away, replace them, do something with them, throw them away and replace them with something healthier, something more accurate, something that's more reflective of who you are right now. You're you're not, you don't have to be the same person that you were 20, 20 minutes ago. You don't have to be the same person that you were five minutes ago, let alone 20 years ago. So the only way you're going to start doing that is by identifying the things that you've actually imposed upon yourself, the things that you've actually adopted that's keeping you away from achieving the results that you want. But it's got to start with a question. And this question number eight is really important. What is the biggest limit I've imposed upon myself? If you identify that you've sort of imposed certain things upon yourself, these certain things that you've adopted, that's actually the reason why you're struggling to obtain the results in your life or in your marriage you know, that you want, you need to start by identifying those things and then also come up with a plan to get rid of it. You have to find a way to set yourself free from that specific limitation. Otherwise, you're gonna keep perpetuating it within your life and chances are your results are gonna stay the same. Last question, friends, this week, of the nine essential questions that facilitate self-growth is whom or what do I blame for my challenges? Whom or what do I blame for my challenges? Now, I wanna say something that is, I think, very important, and this has sort of come under my attention, you know, especially in the last couple of weeks, uh, maybe the last two weeks or so, after having talked to various friends and stuff, this idea of blaming, other people or other things for the mess that I believe we find ourselves in. Blaming friends is ultimately a pointless exercise and living in the past is just plain stupid. Furthermore, being angry over something that you cannot change might sound very noble, and it might might look very noble to certain people, but at, at the end of the day, it's actually a futile exercise, and not just that, it's actually very distracting, because as long as I stay angry over something that I don't control or can't change, or as long as I'm blaming someone else for a result in my life that I believe is the reason why I have the result in my life, as long as I do that, as long as I keep doing that, I'm not empowered to actually change the situation. I'm distracted and I can't focus on what I need to do to actually change the situation into a situation that I want. I can't change the results into the results that I want because I'm distracted. I'm fighting a fight that is in a sense outside of myself. I am fighting a fight that I have no control over. I am bemoaning something that cannot change. It doesn't matter how much I bemoan it. It doesn't matter how angry I get about it. The point is certain things are outside of our control and no amount of focusing on it, no amount of bemoaning it, no amount of getting angry over it is gonna change that. The only thing that I can actually change, the only thing that I can actually take control of is the present, is myself within the present but I have to start by identifying the things and the people that I have started blaming for my challenges. Now again, you can apply this to any area of your life. There can be It can be your marriage, it can be your health, it can be you know, your family, it can be anything that we're talking about, but you have to start by identifying the things that you have identified unconsciously or consciously, whether you've been influenced to do so or not, You have to start identifying the things and the people that you've started blaming for the results that you're getting, for the mess that you're in. Until you do that and until you let that go and start focusing on the only thing that you really control, which is the present and yourself within the present, nothing is gonna change. All that's gonna happen is you're gonna remain angry, you're gonna remain distracted, you're gonna remain unempowered or disempowered and nothing is going to change. If you want to change things, if you're serious about that, you have to stop blaming, you have to stop complaining, and you have to take responsibility of the only thing that you can control, which is yourself within the present. That is the long and the short of it. So friends, there you have it, nine essential questions that will facilitate self-growth in your life or an area of your life if you were to use them wisely. Now, here's my task for you at the end of this episode today. I want you to simply pick one or two of these questions. You don't have to focus on all of them. Maybe choose question number one and question number nine. Maybe choose question number four or question number eight. Choose one of one, one, or two or just one of these questions that really resonates with you or really resonated with you. And then I want you to simply use that question after you've reflected on the answers and you've identified you know, the answers to that question. I want you to then use that question or those questions to create certain action steps that will help you move towards your goals in your life. Again, you can apply it to any area in your life, um, whether it's marriage, health, business, it doesn't really matter. So pick the question, one or two questions, and then use those questions or the answers to those questions to create action steps that are specific to your context that will help you start moving towards that goal. And then step number three is I want you to simply start. Once you have some action steps, to, you know that are practical, that are real, that are realistic, that you can sort of go to task on, simply start. Because when you start, one of two things, or hopefully two things will happen. The first thing is you'll start getting feedback. The moment you start doing something, you'll get feedback from the context, from your situation, whether you need to adjust something, whether you need to change something, whether something is working or not. You can't sort of preempt this. You have to sometimes just do something in order to get the feedback so that you can make the adjustments later on. You can't sort of, you know, look at, or kind of uh, envision all the various variables and possibilities of what might happen by just thinking about it. You need to actually do something to see what happens so that you can adjust and change things. And the second thing that might happen, hopefully it will happen, is once you just start doing something, you will also then at some point start creating momentum. Once you have momentum, momentum takes over and the results will start coming automatically because you now have momentum. It won't be as, uh, you know, filled with effort. It won't be that hard anymore because it will just come automatically. But you have to start. But we start with clarity. That's what what these questions will help you with. You've got to start with with clarity. You've got to start with some action steps and then you just need to commit to one or two of those and just get going. Don't think about it too long. Don't overdream it, don't overthink it. Just do it as the good old slogan goes. So friends, I hope that served you. I hope that was helpful. And, uh, and I would love to hear your comments and your feedback. Just leave it you know, down below this uh, episode or on my Facebook page, The Relationship Guy, or over at therelationshipguy.com. You can send me a personal message. I love to get those. And again, as I always say, friends, if you've got any comments or questions that you want me to turn into an episode, or maybe questions you want me want me to answer, just send them to me directly. I can do that for you, and uh, I look forward to hearing from you. So, But until we see each other again next week, or we hear from each other again next week, as I always say, go out, live, and love fully, and also take care of each other, and we will talk to each other soon. See you, friends. Thanks for listening to another episode of Marriage on Fire. If you found today's show helpful, please make sure to follow and share it with someone you think needs to hear this. Also, take a moment and head over to TheRelationshipGuy.com to connect with Gideon directly. Again, thanks for listening, and make sure to tune in soon for our next episode of Marriage on Fire.